This podcast replay is brought to you by Walton Rayom. Call for a free consultation, 954-966-4646. At Walton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Welton Rayom handles property damage claims due to a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. 954-966-4646. All right, all right, all right. How you feeling, baby? You feeling good? Doing well. Coming off Super Bowl Sunday. It was a, a very entertaining game. Uh, got a full overtime after the uh, after the regulation. So a lot of extra football. That was fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a slow game. Yeah. You know, it kind of started kind of slow. And then, obviously, as time ran out, the drama built because it was such a tight game at that point. And then that's when, you know, everything took another turn. So it was, uh, it was cool to see, but um, it just shows you also that, you know, Mahomes is as special as it gets to. And that's, that, that doesn't matter. Tyreek is sitting here watching them win two Super Bowls without him. You know what I mean? And that's gotta be a little bit of a bitch for him. I know he he played it off on on social media over the weekend, but uh, that's that's the most important player in. And I'm I'm not breaking any news here, enlightening anybody. Everybody knows that the dude that touches the ball on every single down is the most important. And when you've got that guy, every, you have a chance every single time, dude. He's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible when uh, a talent like Tyreek Hill, who um, by by and large can be considered the greatest at his position, and uh, last couple of years, I mean, especially this past year, seventeen ninety nine was the league's leading receiver. He goes to another team, uh, record breaking contract, and then that former team is still able to replenish uh, what it needs, even if it struggles at that position with the wide receiver struggles that they had throughout the year. They put it together as the season goes. And when you have a guy like number 15, Patrick Mahomes back there, he's able to make up for whatever deficiencies you have on this team and just somehow put it together. And they end up winning the Super Bowl after all the struggles throughout the year. When uh, and, and underdogs is three on three different occasions throughout the postseason run and uh, to win it. This, this one's the most remarkable for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, you know, if you think about it, I talked about this earlier. The game mirrored the Kansas City season. The Kansas City season started with all kinds of turmoil. Their offense was shot to shit. Receivers were dropping balls left and right. Mahomes was frustrated. They were making mistakes. They were shooting themselves in the foot. And then they got the wake-up call against the Raiders, and then it kind of turned around for them, and they started winning games and started getting it done. And, and the game yesterday was the same thing. It started with all kinds of turmoil. They were making all kinds of mistakes. They had to have an offensive and a defensive team meetings, you know, to kind of straighten all this shit out. You got Kelsey freaking yeah. out on, on Andy Reid on the sidelines, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how the game mirrored the Kansas City season, that it all started in turmoil and then it kind of ended up well. And they always are coming from behind. Uh, both times against the 49ers have had a 10-point deficit. This one, a lot earlier in the game, it was uh, it was only in the first half, 10-0. Uh, so still a lot of football left to be played. But last time when it was in Miami, when uh, it was this background that I have, it's from that game. <laughs> uh, uh, last time the Super Bowl was in Miami, the one that I that I have covered, they were down uh, by 10 in I think it was in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter already, uh, when uh, when the 
Patrick Mahomes had that deep third down play to Tyreek Hill that got them rolling. And Jimmy G missed a, a receiver uh, open deep when he had a chance to, to put it away. Uh, and then I even think about like uh, like when they had that game against the Texans in the AFC divisional round where they were down big early at Arrowhead and they had to come back. Uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson Texans in like in 2019, uh, on that Super Bowl run. So, I mean, yeah, th- these are uh, come from behind type of cats and uh, they've uh, they've done it multiple times and uh, now a couple times in the Super Bowl. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the chat board while you're talking, and I got to give Sal, I think it is, a little love because I'll, I'll rip you when you're saying something stupid, but I'm going to give you plenty of love when you deserve it. Uh, Sal put it, and he put it beautifully. Every QB is a system QB, but the great ones thrive when the system breaks down. Hmm. Way to go, Sal. Way to go. That's a beautiful it, quote. That is that's, exactly that's a because I was, somebody was telling me that oh, Purdy's a system QB. Everybody's a system QB, dude. It's just every player is a system QB, a system player. They can't play in every system. Now, do we have freaks that can do anything? George Kittle can play in any system. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, Mahomes can play in any system. You want to make him a running slash passing QB? He can do that. You want to make him a pure pocket passer? He can do that. But that's. That's the fun. That's the fun part, and that's why when I read that from Sal, you know, I I, I wanted to bring it up because I know I'm going to forget it, and a whole bunch of them will come in when we're done. But it's just funny how people use that lazy line of system when brother everybody. That's kind of what the coach in the front office have to do. They have to look at you at a play as a player, and before they draft you, they have to say, "Oh, okay, yeah, you fit our scheme, you fit our system." Oh, you don't. And I gave the Jamar Fletcher example as a perfect one. You drafted a zone corner for a man-on-man scheme. Oh, I wonder why he failed. (laughs) I wonder. You know what I mean? Was it Jamar Fletcher's fault? Actually, it wasn't because he became a serviceable backup uh, zone corner. Okay? He wasn't really a, a starter, but he would play backup for a couple teams for a few years. And so at least he found a home where he belonged. And that's what I think people need to understand that in football, everybody pretty much is, is part of one kind of system or another. Yeah. And Jamar Fletcher drafted into the dolphin system instead of uh, Drew Brees, of course. Uh, so yeah, everyone plays it in, in a certain system. And I think uh, what, yeah, it's sort of how people want to describe it when they say, okay, I don't think the player is as good as what we're seeing, but that the system brings the best out of him but to your point that's the whole uh dynamic of a coach and a gm and uh everyone just trying to work together in unison to uh put the players that they bring in their personnel into the right system at the end of the day so uh yeah then that means okay everyone's doing their job right because you're drafting the right guys for what you're implementing on the field so um yeah i mean it's I get what people are saying when they say, but it's not like it's a knock on on anyone. It shouldn't be uh, just because. That's where you nailed it. Dude, that's where you're nailing it. They're using it as an insult. And actually, it's not an insult. You're actually misusing the word. And that's the problem, that the person using it is not using it in the proper definition of it. And that uh, instead they're using it as some kind of an insult when uh, you, you couldn't have Montana play Marino's offense. It just that's not who Montana was. Montana needed 
the West Coast, spreading it out, a lot of running game, all those kind of things. If if he had to, you know, drop back 45 times with no running game, I don't know if Joe's the same quarterback because that's not the system that you want to put him in. You know what I'm saying? Just like you don't want to put Tua Tungavailoa in Lamar Jackson's system because there's no way he can do anything like Lamar Jackson because nobody can do what Lamar Jackson does with the football running around. You know what I mean? So it's everybody's got a system that they fit in. And then, you know, there are a couple of those freaks that can play in any system. But really, those are very few players that actually can do that. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to get to that. I was starting right at, before you got to it. I was thinking we were on the same wavelength there to a tongue of Iloa in, in his system. Brock Purdy in the similar that Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, same that Mike McDaniel came from. Jackson, so, uh, similar ways. And then uh, a lot of people use it. Lamar right, Jackson. Right. Yeah, and I'm getting to it. He, he could never do what Purdy does, ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people want to say, okay, well, Tua or Brock Purdy or insert whoever you want to say, any one that you want to call a game manager, system quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, then, oh, well, they can't. If you put them in Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills uh, offense, they're not going to do the same thing. If you put them in Lamar Jackson's uh, Baltimore Ravens offense, they're not going to do the same thing. But Justin Herbert, whoever you want to say, well, yeah, you're not asking them to do those same things. And those are different quarterbacks with different skill sets. That That's why those offenses cater to what their skills are where, okay, yeah, even Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, he's otherworldly with his arm te- his, his arm strength and then his uh, his running ability and, uh, and the things he does. Well, then if you ask him to do some of the same things Tua does, he probably turns the ball over uh, at, at a high rate like we I'm already do see him do. I'm glad you brought up Josh Allen. I am glad you brought up Josh Allen because Ken Dorsey changed the system on Josh Allen. And how did that work out, my friend? It didn't. Right. right. Played like shit. Why? Because you were trying to make him more of a pocket passer. And guess what Josh Allen isn't? He's not a pot. He can pass from the pocket, but you've got to use his legs. And that's what Dable was doing. And that's what Joe Brady went back to. Yeah. And so, again, systems. It's not a knock for those of you out there. It's actually a, def- a definition for each player. What system do they belong in? Where do they excel? Because they're not going to excel in some other places. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. If you're going to use Mostert as a hammer, brother, you're, he's not going to last a month. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to use him on an outside outside zone like, and you're only going to give him 15, 17 carries, now all of a sudden he fits that. He fits what, he can, what you, can, you want to do with him. But he's not a, a pounded every down back. That's not really what you want to do where he, where he Mostert. And at the end of the day, you're going to be judged by your career in the systems that you played in. Exactly. It's not like, you know, no no one got into the Hall of Fame by, okay, well, he did this, but he could have also even done more if he was in another system. It's it, You're judged by what you do in the offense that you're in, and the, or if you're a defensive player in the defense you're in, and, uh, and just the fit that you are for that team. So ultimately, that's how you're going to be judged and how your career is going to go. All right, doggy. I mean, Brian Duker in. Um, let's see. We got Madison out. We got uh, Mike Judge, Colby Smith, Ricardo Allen, Joe Casper, 
Kenny Baker, Brendan Farrell, uh, Campanelli, Ronaldo Hill. Uh, so it looks like uh, some changes on offense because obviously they brought in the, the guy from Hawaii to be a – he's also kind of an O-line coach, which I thought that was very interesting, uh, Sapolo. Uh, but what would you think of some of the changes that the uh, new defensive coordinator is making? Yeah, interesting. So now, oh, yeah, Ronaldo Hill. I, I don't know if you uh, uh, named him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Ronaldo Hill out along with – so that's what uh, – that's Duker's position now is that secondary coach and pass game coordinator. So uh, now he's – this is a promotion for him. Uh, he was just DB's coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, and uh, Weaver goes back uh, with him to, uh, to actually uh, 2015 with the Cleveland Browns. So sort of uh, uh, Weaver's two-year stint – Cleveland Browns defensive line coach, 2014, Mike McDaniel was on that staff. He, that ends up being that connection. And then the next year, McDaniel's not there anymore. He's with Atlanta. But then uh, Duker is a, a defensive intern on uh, that staff uh, with Weaver. So interesting how that comes almost a, a full decade later. So uh, that's the connection there. So uh, a big jump for him. And then, yeah, I mean, beloved Sam Madison uh, no, no longer around. So um, he already had sort of like a, it was a slight demotion last year when Ronaldo Hill came in and he was that secondary coach, pass game coordinator. So uh, Madison was just a cornerbacks coach at that point. And then he had the pass game specialist uh, title along with it. But um, and then uh, now Madison out. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know much about Duker. We are going to uh, hear from uh, Weaver this week. Uh, so uh, we'll finally get introduced to him and uh, that'll be a good time to ask him. Uh, really nail down the scheme that he wants to, which we've talked about here. It's also going to come down to the players and how the personnel uh, ends up shaping out throughout he the will tell you That day when you guys ask him, we'll the, prediction, the prediction is, hey, we're going to we're gonna adjust and we're going to do things depending on what personnel we have and who we're facing. And he's going to give you that general bullshit question because there's no way he's going to tell you and and define who he's going to i just don't see that yeah but you can get some general ideology uh out of a guy uh, especially when when his one stint as as a defensive coordinator uh, it was a very aggressive defense and then now he's been uh on uh more of the opposite uh in recent years uh, in baltimore so under mike mcdonald at least so um you know we know wink martindale he was uh he was more blitz heavy like him uh, so, yeah, w where does his ideology in general, whether it's blitz rate, the man versus zone, the high, single high safety, uh, uh, two high safety looks, all those things. And um, I don't know how specific he'll get, but uh, we might get some general uh, philosophical uh, ideas out of him. Last year we did. I mean, we know Vic Fangio who he is, but, you know, you had some quotes out of him, like as far as the blitz rate, we knew it was going to be different from Josh Boyer the year before. And he said, yeah, you know, I, I prefer to dictate when we blitz as opposed to doing it out of necessity. So there's some things you, you get out of that uh, first introductory press conference with the court. Well, with Fangio's different because you have a track record of yeah. you know, decades of, of doing it. This guy's new at this. Yeah. And, so, and, okay. and he's inheriting a new team. And so that's one thing that I'd like to see how he handles it because usually when you inherit, you're not going to get everybody you really need first for, you know, in your first shot. So, It'll be interesting to see how he plays, you know, certain guys. Yeah. You know, it, it is um, – it's kind of sad to see Sam Madison go. Yeah. I got to tell you. Yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it seems clear he's not shy about uh, implementing what he wants, uh, the guys that he wants to bring in. 
Uh, because yeah, even like guys who were beloved from the, whether it's Sam Madison, the previous staff, and uh, even, you know Anthony Campanelli now who was up for the defensive coordinator job as an internal candidate two years running, then uh, you know now he's gone. So uh, you know clearly, and maybe that's on on him as well on Campanelli just seeing okay two straight years. I'm not able to move up within this franchise. Let me go somewhere else. That could have been part of it as well. So now probably is very understanding when it's Vic Fangio, a guy who has entered Miami with 19 years as defensive coordinator and three years as a head coach on and on and that resume. But then maybe that next time when the position comes up and then it's another uh, young up and coming coach that's uh, around his same age. And, um, you know, I could see how at that point uh, as an assistant coach, you're like, man, I got to, uh, you know, find my uh, my happiness elsewhere. Yep. Uh, so, David Ferronis, who covers the Miami Dolphins on a daily basis, the first move in free agency will be what? First move in free agency. Let's see. Well, if it's not going to be Christian Wilkins, because we've already on this program have moved past that. You've made it clear <laughs> he's not coming back. Right. No. Uh, yeah, then, uh, I mean, I would prioritize uh, Robert Hunt. I think he's going to be one of the top guards in in this league. So I would like to have him back, especially. But, I mean, that would make you a great right side of the line for years to come since you already have uh, Austin Jackson there uh, solidified for three uh, the next three years. If you get Rob Hunt in, in the fold, uh, he's got fewer questions right now. He did have the hamstring injury late last season, but going back from that, right, it's not an ACL injury like Connor Williams has. And then, you know, Teron Armstead on the left side is getting up there in age, and he's even contemplating retirement. I think he'll be back. But um, I, I feel like that would be uh, the the uh, top priority is uh, keep something that you already have strong, and then uh, you'll free up some money if, uh, if Christian Wilkins indeed is gone and uh, with uh, the restructures and other things you can do. Uh, so that that might be might end up being the the biggest uh, maybe free agency move, but maybe there's a big trade or something that can be pulled off. Uh, you know, you know how these things develop. It's just it, it, no one was predicting Jalen Ramsey at the same time last year. No one was predicting Tyreek Hill at the same time two years ago. So uh, things just pop up. So uh, it, it'll be really exciting. Yeah, Greer, McKenzie, and Allen are always uh, they're always working it. So you you never know what those guys are up to and who they're talking to right now yeah. uh, about it, maybe a free agent that could become available. But I love your thinking on the Rob Hunt thing. I think Rob is one of those guys that definitely gets re-signed and you definitely need him. Uh, and he's a guy you can build on for years to come. He's been a really, really good player. man. I've been really impressed with him. Uh, overall with Rob Hunt. And it almost becomes kind of a decision between uh, Rob Hunt and Christian Wilkins. Because if you're not using those funds on Wilkins, then, I mean, make sure you bring Rob Hunt back. You don't want uh, a, a lot of your better players from the previous years uh, leaving your, your program, especially when you're in this win-now window, uh, especially if, and if you're not uh, uh, replenishing that talent with uh, other top-tier talent because they're going to be strapped uh, for cash as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it almost it, it's kind of like you're not going to let both of those guys go. Uh, and then if we're deciding, yeah, Christian Wilkins might have priced himself out, then Rob Hunt becomes who already was a priority, but becomes like really priority one A. All right, what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, just tracking any news. Um, uh, and uh, Anthony Weaver press conference this week, so uh, I'll be 
uh, will be introduced to uh, to him. And uh, so uh, I'll be uh, covering all of that this week. All right. Follow him on Twitter at David Faronis underscore. And, of course, call my friends at Welt and Raum. Jeff Welt, he is a stud. He's happy right now. Jeff Welt is happy because he's got a lot of Bitcoin. And he sees it going up to 49000 He's happy. But, listen, if you got some issues, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. And Jeff is awesome. He loves his music. So you can talk music with him and crypto if you want. Welt and Realm, baby, 954-966-4646. David, appreciate you, my man. We'll catch up later on the week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sir, you got it. Welt and Realm, Miami Dolphins report.